You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. The Iranian government fulfills its international obligation to suspend its uranium enrichment and reprocessing activities. I will join my British, French, Russian, Chinese, and German colleagues, and I will meet with my Iranian counterpart anytime, anywhere. But if Iran's rulers choose to continue down a path of confrontation, the United States will act. Welcome to another edition of the Jeff Nyquist Program. I'm your host, Jeff Nyquist, and tonight we're going to be discussing the Iran problem, and my guest is going to be a former Iranian diplomat, Assad Homiu. To start out, I think that uh, most Americans realize that we're in a confrontation with Iran. Iran has been developing the technology uh, to manufacture nuclear warheads, not just to build one bomb, but to build a number of bombs at a specific rate, maybe build 5 to 12 bombs a year. This is very significant development, of course, and if Iran is allowed to develop these bombs, countries like Israel and some of our European allies feel threatened because the Iranian leadership have discussed openly using nuclear weapons to eliminate Israel, accepting the consequences of a nuclear exchange with Israeli nuclear weapons, and because their society, their country is much larger than Israel, they could accept the damage and Israel could not do so and survive. So we have this basic confrontation where men who are considered, because of their fanatical beliefs, to be madmen, the Iranian clerics, the clerical regime in, in Iran, in Tehran, are on the brink of gaining access to nuclear weapons manufacturing. Today, Iran remains the world's primary state sponsor of terror, pursuing nuclear weapons while depriving its people of the freedom they seek and deserve. We are working with European allies to make clear to the Iranian regime that it must give up its uranium enrichment program and any plutonium reprocessing and end its support for terror. That was a clip from President Bush's second inaugural, and it reminds us that there is an ongoing conflict, a serious disagreement between the Iranian government and the U.S. government. The president says that Iran must give up the dream of being a nuclear power. He is serious. Now, in the U.S., there have been rumors for quite a while about the U.S. organizing a large bombing strike to cripple Iran's nuclear industry. There's been debate. The critics of the Bush administration say that Bush is irresponsible and that if he launches this strike, that it will be extensive environmental and human loss of life in Iran if we launch the strike. Others say, no, uh, there's not going to be a strike, that the Bush administration's too weak. It doesn't really intend to follow through on a strike. There'd be too many consequences for a strike on so large a country. The Straits of Hormuz could be closed. The international oil business could be crippled. And there could be uh, consequences in neighboring Iraq, where we're trying to settle affairs with the Shiites, especially who are the ruling majority there. So what is the solution to the problem in Iran? Well, my guest tonight is going to discuss what he sees as the main solution as an Iranian. And uh, I'd like to play a clip from uh, Condoleezza Rice, Secretary of State of the United States. And she explains that the U.S. is not against the Iranian people. Uh, we're against the Iranian government. Here's, here's the clip. Let me finish by saying a few words directly to the Iranian people. We in the United States have no conflict with you. We want you to have every opportunity to develop and prosper in dignity. So we hope that your government will embrace the path of cooperation that we and the international community continue to offer. After these messages, I'll be back with my guest, Assad Homiyoun. 
You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show with your host, Jeff Nyquist. Plugging you into life. We are Live Radio 1020 WIBG. Whether it's Hurley in the morning, Henning in the afternoon, Dr. Jim Dobson and Focus on the Family. South Jersey's fastest growing Christian news talk. Now with more than a million listeners and hits at WIBG 1020. WIBG. 1020 WIBG. Or at WIBG.com. Plugging you into life. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. And with me tonight is our very special guest, Dr. Assad Homiyoun. He is a former Iranian diplomat presently residing in the United States. He served in South Asia and the U.S. Dr. Homiyoun was in charge of political affairs of the Iranian embassy in Washington, D.C. for 12 years. His last position prior to the Iranian Revolution was minister. For the past 15 years, he has provided advice and counsel to many Iranian opposition groups in exile. He is currently the president of the Azadegan Foundation, which is a movement for the freedom and liberation of the Iranian people. Welcome to the program, Dr. Hamiyun. Thank you. My pleasure. You know, the burning question of the hour that many Americans want to know with all that's been in the news is, do you think the United States is going to bomb Iran to prevent its nuclear program from advancing, and is this the right strategy? I don't think so. United States is playing with three options. Negotiation, diplomatic negotiation, sanction, and war. I think diplomatic negotiation mostly encouraged by European people or European government has been experienced miscarriage, and I don't think it's going to be useful. At the same time, United States also is following sanction. Sanction also is important. For third sanction, United States is going to National Security Council, but I think Russia and China are going to exercise their veto. Even they do not, sanction is not going to be decisive unless it will become universal sanction. I believe sanction does not bring clergy to change their attitude, their foreign policy, and their activities to acquire nuclear weapons. And also, they have lots of money. They earn $90 billion every year from oil. Everybody needs oil. And I don't think sanction will be very decisive. Yeah. But about war. War, it is very easy to start, very expensive to continue, very difficult to end. After war, we don't know what will happen. And also, it might contribute to disintegration of Iran. And we've seen the disintegration in Iraq already from what has happened. Yes, it will contribute to disintegration of Iran, will contribute to balkanization of the entire area, will have impact on security of Balochistan and Pakistan, security of Turkmenistan, security of uh, Azerbaijan, security of Turkey, and security of the Persian Gulf. It is very dangerous. I think it's not going to help United States. Yeah. I have been always advocating that United States should help Iranian people. Iranian people are the most important force in the Middle East. Friend of United States, enemy of regime, 
regime destroyed everything in Iran. Let me explain that what regime did to Iranian people, why Iranian people are ready to topple the regime. Uh-huh. Mismanagement of economy. Inflation is 25%. Wow. Unemployment is close to 30%. Arrest and torture is continuing. Execution of people who are in favor of uh, human rights continue. And I don't think people of Iran are ready to accept this regime. They are ready to rise and topple this regime. I believe that the people of Iran are the most important force in the Middle East. Friend of United States, enemy of regime. United States should appreciate this important force. And they are ready to change, but United States should help them. They need United States help. This is very important information to realize that the Iranian people are the most important people in the Middle East. My guest is Dr. Assad Homiyun. He's a former Iranian diplomat and one of the leaders of the Azadegan Foundation. And uh, we will be back with our special guest after these messages. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. Thanks for making WIBG 1020 a part of your life. We are Live Radio 1020, WIBG. Where more people every day hear the truth. From Hurley in the Morning to The Wondrous Story with Dave Bailey, Jay Sekulow live in the American Center for Law and Justice, and Josh Henning Afternoons. South Jersey's cutting edge Christian news talk and your station for women's oldies every weekend. WIBG 1020 and WIBG.com, plugging you into life. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. Today, Iran remains the world's primary state sponsor of terror, pursuing nuclear weapons while depriving its people of the freedom they seek and deserve. We are working with European allies to make clear to the Iranian regime that it must give up its uranium enrichment program and any plutonium reprocessing and end its support for terror. We're back. I'm Jeff Nyquist. America wants peace in the Middle East. The Americans are peace-loving people. We don't like that we're in Iraq. We don't want to go into Iran. I know I can just feel that the president is very reluctant. That's why no bombing has taken place. And I see that the key to stability in the region is the Iranian people. And our guest tonight, Dr. Assad Homiyun, says the Iranian people, they like America. They want to get rid of the clerics. They are our natural allies, and they are the key to stability in the Middle East. Yes, the people of Iran are the most important force in the Middle East. Friend of United States, enemy of regime. And I believe that United States should appreciate this important force. They are ready to rise and topple this regime. And United States should help them. They are ready to change. But they need United States help. And to the Iranian people, I say tonight, as you stand for your own liberty, America stands with you. President Bush at the beginning mentioned that we are in favor of change of regime, but the State Department changed it. They listened to European. They started negotiation with Iran. Negotiation did not bring any fruit. Still, they are continuing. But 
I believe President Bush himself is still in favor of change of regime. Change of regime with the people of Iran is the best policy I have been advocating for the last several years. I'm writing, I'm talking about that. Moreover, if you start to bombard Iran, it will be destructive and might kill yes. thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. When you can reach your goal without war, why should they start war? I think war will not serve purpose of United States, will not be good for Iranian people. Price of oil will jump to $300. It will be very difficult. I think the best policy is support of the people. 52 million Iranians jobless and happy with the regime. Regime destroyed their economy, destroyed their way of life, destroying their culture. I cannot really express how much Iranians hate the regime. Therefore, Iranians are ready. This is the most important force that president should use and benefit from this. Also, it is good for the state of Israel. Iranians were friends of Israel. At this time, because of clerics are enemy of Israel, in the future will become friend of Israel. Yes. A united, democratic, secular Iran is very good for Israel, very good for the United States. Yes, I see. And, and how specifically should the United States act to help the Iranian people? What, what, should the US, what steps should the U.S. and its allies be taking? Iranians were encouraged when the president said that he was in favor of change in Iran. But there was change in the policy of the State Department during the Colin Powell and after that, and the State Department did not follow. I think new technology, instant communication, will give power to Iranian people to rise, and also enthusiastic, serious support of president will change the situation, and the people will rise, and they are ready. Because the regime is not in control, lots of people are very unhappy because the regime does not have solution to any problem. They have one solution. They give bullets to people. That's all. They destroy economy of Iran. They send money to Hezbollah. They send money to Hamas. And they send money to Syria to buy Russian arms. And also, most of the money goes to Russia. Because they are compromising Iranian interest in the Caspian Sea. Why? Because they wanted veto of Russia in the United Nations. They want technology of Russia to have access to atomic bomb. Even they are ready to compromise territorial integrity of Iran, national interest of Iran. And for Russia, also it's very good. They receive money. At the same time, geopolitically, they are influencing the Middle East. Don't forget that Persian Gulf is the center of aspiration of Soviet Union. It was center of aspiration of Russia, Tsarist Russia. It is the center of aspiration of present Russia. And Iranians also do not care. They want atomic bomb. They are ready to compromise everything for having access to atomic bomb. This is a great pity. So the clerical leadership in Iran is willing to cut a deal with the devil in Moscow to get what they want. Yes. Moscow now is controlling energy resources of Caspian Sea. This is very important, coming second to Persian Gulf. Uh -huh. Also, they wanted to have some control of energy of Persian Gulf through Iran.
you know that geography for Russia is very important. Geography is energy, energy is economics, economics is security, security of geopolitics. Everything now is in geopolitics. Yes. Now, the United States doesn't seem to understand. I mean, I don't hear it spoken of by the president or other leaders that Russia is part of this problem in Iran. Russia is part of the problem of Iran. Probably they have secret security agreement with Iran. We don't know what they discussed in Tehran when Putin was meeting with Ahmadinejad and with Khamenei. Yes. But United States should understand that people of Iran is friend of United States. 70 million people want to have good relation with the United States. They want change of regime. They need support of United States. Now let's talk about sanctions for a second. Uh, wouldn't sanctions hurt the prospects of the United States to change the regime? How would sanctions help that, or would they? Sanctions will bring some pressure to Iran, mostly to Iranian people, but not to the regime. Moreover, regime is receiving lots of money from oil. Yeah. Oil goes to China. Everybody is interested to buy oil. Yes. Sanction brings some harm to Iran, but it is not decisive yeah. unless it is universal. And, of course, if you put sanctions and it hurts the people, then don't the people in Iran think that America then is their enemy? I don't think so. But people of Iran understand problem of United States. You know, in this new age, common denominator in the field of foreign policy is frustration. United States has a problem. If they continue sanction, they might not bring a result. If they start negotiation, might not be successful. Even if they go to war, might not be successful. The most important thing is that United States should understand psychodynamics of people of Iran, culture of Iran. Iranian hates clerics. The Iranian people, they hate the clerics. That is, they hate the Ayatollahs. They hate the, the clergy, the Iranian Muslim leadership that is torturing and oppressing them and has wrecked their economy. Yes. For 28 years, clerics destroyed everything they had it. Economy of Iran, freedom of Iran, historical architectural heritage of Iran. Iranians have tradition for democracy. You know, democracy is very important for Iranians. The first country that issued declaration of human rights was Iran by Cyrus the Great, 639 B.C. That's something that Americans don't really realize. Yes. Iranian made a revolution in 1906, and they have a big middle class. They have understanding of freedom. They want freedom, but they need help. Help of United States, not talk. Serious help will change the equation. I'm sure about that. So you're talking about financial help to... Not financial. I believe even my Azadegan organization, I don't believe in financial help from the United States at all. I believe help from private people, but not from the United States. So you're talking about moral help. Moral help, political help, serious help, but not financial. Financial help to the Iranian opposition would be a piece of debt. I'm totally against it. Ah. Because anybody that sees financial help would act as a lackey of the United States. 
That's right. People of Iran do not like it. Iranian wants to be independent. Good friend of United States. I am friend of United States, but I don't want to act as a lackey of United States, puppet of United States. And therefore, I am totally against U.S. money. So would it be useful for the president of the United States to get other countries together to encourage a change of regime in Iran by making proclamations and saying, you know, we really want to see the Iranian people free and to demand a change of government from the Iranian government? I'm sure president wants this. President definitely wants change in Iranian politics, in Iranian regime. But Iranian also have one problem. They have not come together to introduce one single non-corrupt leader. That's why my organization, Azadigan, for the last 25 years is active, trying to bring secular democratic regime to Iran and replace clerical regime with secular regime. And Azadigan is respected by people of Iran. Azadigan has a vision, background, experience and knowledge. I think we can be able to help Iranian people to produce this leadership that can talk with the United States, assume responsibility, and lead the people of Iran to victory. So you're talking about forming a government in exile? It is highly possible. I am in favor of that. Oh, that's very interesting. I think it is possible we do that. And also bring pressure from every direction, by radio, television, facts, Internet to Iranian government, not only United States, from Europe, from everywhere. And also it is possible form government in exile. I'm in favor of that. But United States should think about that. We are ready. Iranians have lots of good people outside of Iran. Inside of Iran is very difficult because the regime controls them and the regime has one privilege, they kill them. Outside, they have freedom. And we have lots of knowledgeable people. They are patriots. They are ready to do the job. So this is the duty of United States to find people who are responsible, trustable, respected by people, and also with untainted personality. Financially should be untainted. This is very important. Iranian people do not accept leaders that supported financially by United States. They want independent leader, friendly to the United States, but not lucky of the United States. Yes. Uh, so, basically, let's see if I get this right. If you form a government in exile with some excellent leaders, people who are respected in Iran and internationally, and pressure is brought to bear, perhaps with the Iranian people's demand and with unrest in the country, and you say that the government has a very weak hold on the country as a whole, the government there could collapse. Is that right? Yes. If Iranian perceive that, truly, honestly, United States is supporting them. United States give them moral, political support, except a leadership that they trust. I think they will rise, and they will change the situation. I'm sure about that. So this is like a sort of reversal of the revolution in 1978, or 79, I rather. Yes, yes. Where the people rise up and the government just simply collapses and gives way to a new one. Yes, the people will rise up and support of United States and international community will change the equation.
Iranian are leader-oriented, force-oriented. They look to the United States. The United States should be serious, not by talk, by action. This is very important. It is not necessary for the United States to go to war. War will not bring any result to the United States. War is not going to solve the problem of the Middle East. And uh, it will have impact on Saudi Arabia, will impact on Pakistan, and also will impact on price of oil. And, and on Iraq, too. I mean, if you think about it, if there was a change in Iran, the whole situation in Iraq would be different, wouldn't it? Yes. Nothing in the Middle East will be changed unless there is a change in Iran. Change in Iran will have impact on Iraq, Palestinian issue, in Lebanon, and in Afghanistan. A secular democratic government, united democratic government, will be important source of stability for peace in the Middle East. So the Iranian people are the key to solving the problem, the nuclear crisis in Iran, they are the key to solving the problem in Iraq, because the majority of Iraqis are Shiites. And they are the key to solving the problem in Palestine, because of Hezbollah and Hamas, and in Lebanon, too. Yes. We will be back with my guest, Assad Homiyun after these messages. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. WIBG Proactive Local News. When you have to know. You have to know. You've come to the station that gives you local and regional news all the time. 1020 WIBG Proactive Local News. All around Atlantic City, as you look at our landscape, you see signs of investment in Atlantic City. South Jersey, Philadelphia area's only Christian station with proactive local news. It's local and regional news when you need it. 1020 WIBG Proactive Local News. Some of our beaches in the northern end have been eaten away. Right now, Rick. South Jersey. Philadelphia area's only Christian station with proactive local news. 1020 WIBG. We've got you covered. Covered. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. We're back. I'm Jeff Nyquist, and our guest tonight is Dr. Assad Homiyun. He's a former Iranian diplomat, and he's working to raise awareness in the United States and in the Iranian immigrant community about what can be done to oppose the regime in Tehran. And I see that the key to stability in the region is the Iranian people. So the stories that we hear about Iran, the government there being weak, are true then. You, you have contacts in that country. You're confident that this government is that weak. Yes. 80% of people are against the government. The government is ruling by force, sheer force. And also, they spend almost all... Iranian oil money for terrorism, for weapons of mass destruction. The people are unemployed, they are hungry, and they are in a very bad situation. It means that the regime is unstable. There is another thing also. There is a struggle for power within the regime. This is also will be helpful. Some of the regime leaders, they are afraid of war. They think that if there is a war, war might change everything. But some think that the war will help them, like Mr. Ahmadinejad. He thinks that 12th Imam will come and will bring peace to the world. This is the problem. He's apocalyptic president. For the first time, you have in the history apocalyptic president. He is not wise, and uh, he's uh, committed to the revolution. He is committed to revolutionary Islam. 
nomenclatura of clerics, they are in favor of advancement of radical Islam. And you use the word nomenclatura of clerics, that's it's a Russian word, nomenclatura, for these criminals who oppress and rob the people of Iran for their own aggrandizement. Yes. They want domination of mosque over Iranian people. So what percentage of the population of Iran is supportive of the clerical regime? I believe 20%, maybe less than that. But 20% of army supporting the people. If they see any change, they will change loyalty. This is important. We have 300,000 clerics. Out of 300,000 clerics, only 10% supporting Ayatollah Khomeini and the regime. That's astonishing. 10% of the clerics, 10% support the regime. So it's, it's really just even a minority of clerics. Yes. They are against the regime, but they cannot talk. All of them, they are thinking of their future. So this government basically succeeds only by the fear it inspires and the belief that it's going to continue. By utter terror, that's all. This government is the most destructive dictatorial regime in the history of Iran. There must be a lot of, of killings and torturings and arrests going on. They are killing every day. They are executing young people every day. And also they did in 1987. For three days they killed over five to 10,000 Iranians. I think during their reign, they killed maybe 300,000, and mostly younger people. And, and how many Iranians are in exile now? How many are living abroad? Five million we have Iranian in exile. Five million? Mostly in the United States. Wow. And uh, uh, probably close to one million in California. They are rich. Mostly they are opposing the regime, but they are not united. Their unity comes when they see serious support of the United States. Well, now tell us about the Azadegan Foundation and how it was founded in its, its initial leadership. Azadegan founded in Paris, and between me, General Ariana, he was twice chief of staff of Iran, and with uh, several young people and several officers, their goal was to topple the regime, replace it with democratic system, Ariana Sari passed away in 85, and I established this organization in Washington, D.C., and uh, we have uh, good communication inside of Iran, and outside I have in contact with lots of Iranians. We are active, and almost all of them, they might have some tactical differences with us, but they are patriot. They are working for freedom and democracy in Iran. Now, what about the Iranian uh, monarchy? Is there any involvement by them? Son of uh, monarchy, Reza Pahlavi, is active, but I don't know how he has uh, directed his uh, organization or power inside of Iran. Really, I don't know. I am not in touch with him. Uh, do they have aspirations for reestablishing the monarchy? No, he says that I want a free democratic Iran and what the people of Iran thinks about it. At this time, I believe that the issue is not monarchy. The issue is freedom of 70 million Iranian people. The issue is liberation of Iran. And after that, I'm neither for monarchy nor against monarchy. 
And I think that after liberation of Iran, in free election, the people will decide about the future. If they want monarchies, okay. If they want republic, it's fine to me. So uh, is the movement uh, active in Europe as well? Do you have chapters there? Yeah, yes. We have in, in Paris and in Germany and also in London. And do you feel that you have a good voice with, for example, the U.S. and the French government, uh, the British government, explaining to them the situation? I mean, do the leaders in those countries understand what you've been explaining tonight on the program? British government and French government were thinking of diplomatic negotiation. Still, they are thinking. They have lots of economic dealing with Iran. But they have changed their policy since Sarkozy came to power and there was a change in Germany. But I think they are in accord with the United States. But still, they want diplomatic negotiation. But none of them thinking of the most important weapon that is available. It is people of Iran. Regime is not afraid of sanction, is not afraid of negotiation, is not afraid of war, is afraid of only people of Iran. This is important that United States and Europe should know and should understand. Has anybody proposed a radio-free Iran to be broadcasting into Iran? There are some talk, but I don't think it will be useful. If VOA starts serious campaign, I think will change equation in Iran. But United States government and the State Department should be serious about that. So the voice of America could have an effect. voice of America is the most important voice that can change Iran. And the people, also Iranian, supported by United States. Are a lot of the young Iranians, are they able to understand English? Inside of Iran, yes. We are in touch with them. They communicate us with Parsi language, with English. I remember when I was a college student, this would be in the 1970s, I was at Cal State Northridge, and there were many, many Iranian students in, in my classes attending. And, and I guess this was very common. Many Iranians were going to school in the United States at universities. And they were very impressive, serious young people. And the United States had a strong alliance with Iran in those days. And it, it, it's amazing what's happened. It's, it's shocking that this revolution has happened in Iran and, and that we're looking at this insane situation today. All of them that were educated in the United States. They had a very important job in Iran and left Iran, and they are in the United States. And is your movement able to gain strength, gain the strength of these people to, uh, to accomplish its goals, do you think? We are uh, working hard, but we need financial support. Financial support, I believe, that should come from Iranians. Iranians now paying more and more attention to what we are saying. Well, that's good. And Iranians living here in the United States can, can go to your website. You have a website on the Internet, don't yes. you? Yes, azadeganiran.com. Azadeganiran, one word, dot com. Okay, azadeganiran.com. Dot com. Dot com. And that's where you can read articles and, and find out about... My interviews and everything. Yes, and everything. This is a very good resource for people most important thing I put in my site is uh, a strategy for change and our vision for new Iran. This is important that I recommend Iranian can read it. I saw an article that you wrote called Essential Reading, A Fresh Look at Sun Tzu by His Descendants. 
And, of course, Sun Tzu is very important. Yes. Because you quoted him that uh, the best way to win a war is is by deception uh, without fighting. Yes. Sun Tzu is a Chinese strategist. I recommend that uh, uh, everybody should read this Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu believes that war is important, but we cannot go to war unless it is necessary. And we can succeed without going to the battlefield. This is very important. Well, it occurs to me in, in listening to you talking about, about Iran and strategy that given the importance of the country, uh, I was going to ask you about its relationship with China. Is Iran have an alliance with China now, do you think? You talked about uh, Iran and Russia. I don't know exactly, but they have good relationship with China. And uh, less than a year ago, they had an agreement with China for $100 billion for 10 years. China is partner of Iran for commercial activities and for oil also. And I don't think China now is going to agree for the resolution. The Chinese and Russians also, they are against that. If they do not agree, I don't think resolution is going to be very effective. Because the Chinese will help the Iranian government avoid the sanctions? I believe China and Russia in the future, they are working together to contain United States in the Persian Gulf and the Middle East. And they see Iran as a client state, therefore. Iran is not client state, but because fighting with the United States, getting their support, yes, has become client state. Because it's weak, because it's a weak government. Weak government without support of Iranian people. Any government without support of Iranian people is illegitimate rule. Rule is normal excess of power based on support of Iranian people. In Iran, this rule is not legitimate. It's illegitimate rule. And that's why Iranian people will not succeed in every confrontation with the West. Yes. Um, one further question. Since this government is so weak and desperate in Iran, I have to ask you, would they provoke a war with the United States? I think they want, yes. In 1982... They provoked the war with Iraq because they wanted the support of Iranian people. Because Iranian people were against the government, the people were close to changing the regime. Now also, they wanted the war, but they don't know that this war will change everything, and the people are not going to support the regime. I'm sure about that. And if the regime is desperate, they might want to try to provoke a war, to try to say, hey, the big bad Americans are attacking you? All dictators think that war will help them. That's what Saddam Hussein thought about that. Kaiser thought about that. Hitler thought about that. All of them miscalculated and were destroyed themselves and their country. Yes. Yes, it is a very dangerous situation in that. It's always been a, a, a problem of the United States in confronting dictatorships. We have the problem with China because they have a communist government and we want their people to be free and prosperous. And same thing in Russia. You have this KGB officer in charge of Russia now. And then the Ar Iranian regime. How do we deal with these regimes, these people? They're in power. They have all this power. There's this temptation to deal with them because they're the immediate leaders. 
But uh, as you say, uh, if there were a way to reach to the people and to get the message across to the people... I, I believe earnestly that negotiation will not help and uh, sanction will not be effective. While war will be counterproductive, the best way is reaching to the people, helping the people. People are the best weapon to change the government and put an end to dictatorship of Kalerji in Iran and bring a government, a strong government in the Middle East to fight with terrorism, to put an end to seeking for weapons of mass destruction and contribute to stability of Middle East. Yes. Well, Dr. Homiyun, I want to thank you for being on the program, and I wish you and your organization luck. Do you have any final comments that you'd like to make to the audience? No, I, uh, I wanted to send a message to Iranian people. Keep on fighting with clerics. Don't lose their hope. Finally, United States has to support you, and they will do that. Yes. Well, thank you for that message. Thank you. I'm very grateful to you. Well, thank you. You're doing great work. This is important stuff. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. Thanks for making WIBG 1020 a part of your life. We are Live Radio 1020 WIBG. Where more people every day hear the truth. From Hurley in the morning to the wondrous story with Dave Bailey, Jay Sekulow live in the American Center for Law and Justice, and Josh Henning afternoons. South Jersey's cutting edge Christian news talk and your station for women's oldies every weekend. WIBG 1020 and WIBG.com plugging you into life. You're listening to the Jeff Nyquist Radio Show. I would like to play something from Condoleezza Rice's press conference when we put sanctions on Iran as one of the steps in trying to bring Iran around on its uh, nuclear weapons program. Uh, as uh, many listeners may know, Iran is trying to develop a nuclear weapons manufacturing capability. This is what the United States and its European allies and Israel don't want to see. And in fact, the Israelis are rather desperate and have talked about using military force to stop it, which would trigger a, a very catastrophic Middle East war. So uh, here's what Secretary Rice had to say in explanation for the U.S. sanctions on Iran. Good morning. In May 2006, the United States offered the Iranian government an historic opportunity to improve its relations with the international community and with us. We said that our nation deeply respects the Iranian people and that we are eager to build a better future together. We offered Iran new incentives to cooperate and negotiate with Russia, China, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, and the United States. We offered to support a civil nuclear program in Iran under international supervision if it agreed to give up pursuit of the fuel cycle. But we also said that if the government of Iran continued to violate its international obligations and continued its unwise campaign for nuclear weapons capability, that we would face, they would face serious circumstances and sanctions. We and our partners remain fully committed to a diplomatic solution with Iran. On our behalf, the EU's Javier Solana reaffirmed that offer to Iran this week. Unfortunately, the Iranian government continues to spurn our offer of open negotiations, instead threatening peace and security by pursuing nuclear technologies that can lead to a nuclear weapon, 
building dangerous ballistic missiles, supporting Shia militants in Iraq and terrorists in Iraq, Afghanistan, Lebanon, and the Palestinian territories, and denying the existence of a fellow member of the United Nations, threatening to wipe Israel off the map. Now here, Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice explains very clearly what the problem is with Iran. The Iranians are working on building a nuclear weapons capability. They don't want to negotiate with anyone. They have made threats to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Uh, their leadership is committed to a very uh, overzealous uh, type of Islam that uh, causes them to support extremist uh, terrorist groups. Iran is considered to be the largest supporter of state terrorism. And uh, to imagine a country like Iran with its fanatical leadership possessing nuclear weapons is very frightening. Now, a couple points. She mentioned that the U.S. is negotiating and is committed to a diplomatic solution. Well, diplomacy with these people has not worked. That's why we're going to sanctions. And it's quite predictable that it won't work. Now, you'll notice that uh, the Secretary of State has also affirmed that Iran is continuing to spurn the offers made and that Iran is going to uh, suffer consequences if it continues to do so among those sanctions. Are sanctions going to work against Iran? There's an important point. Russia and China actually, behind closed doors, have been supporting Iran. Russia has supported Iran's nuclear technology development, and China has been a supporter of Iran, has invited the radical Iranian leaders to China to give speeches. And there is a virtual, what you could say, a, a trans-Asian axis, uh, an alliance between Russia and China that includes Iran as, as a sort of side partner, uh, as well as uh, uh, Central Asian, uh, former Soviet republics, and uh, countries like Syria. And uh, it's an extremely difficult thing to have sanctions on a country like Iran that borders basically, you know, Russian-controlled territory, the, the Russian Caucasus and Central Asia. It's very difficult to have these sanctions when the sanctions can be broken through Russia. And Russia will break those sanctions. So Russia is undermining the U.S. position, assisting Iran, helping to encourage this collision course. Now let's let's see what what Condoleezza Rice thinks that these sanctions will do and how they will work. Working with other concerned nations, the United States is pursuing a comprehensive policy to confront the threatening behavior of the Iranian government. We've worked with our fellow members of the UN Security Council to impose two sets of Chapter 7 sanctions on the Iranian government, and we are now discussing a third Chapter 7 resolution. We're taking additional actions to defend our interests and our citizens and to help our friends to secure their countries. Today, Secretary Paulson and I are announcing several new steps to increase the cost to Iran of its irresponsible behavior. Many of the Iranian regime's most destabilizing policies are carried out by the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and the Quds Force. Acting under U.S. law and consistent with our international obligations, the United States today is designating both of these groups. We are similarly designating three Iranian state-owned banks, Bank Meli and Malat, for their involvement in proliferation activities, and Bank Sadarat, as a terrorist financier. We are also designating several additional Iranian individuals and organizations. 
What this means is that no U.S. citizen or private organization will be allowed to engage in financial transactions with these persons and entities. In addition, any assets that these designees have under U.S. jurisdiction will be immediately frozen. These actions will help to protect the international financial system from the illicit activities of the Iranian government. And they will provide a powerful deterrent to every international bank and company that thinks of doing business with the Iranian government. I want to repeat, the United States and our partners are fully committed to a diplomatic solution with Iran. If the Iranian government fulfills its international obligation to suspend its uranium enrichment and reprocessing activities, I will join my British, French, Russian, Chinese, and German colleagues, and I will meet with my Iranian counterpart anytime, anywhere. We will be open to the discussion of any issue. But if Iran's rulers choose to continue down a path of confrontation, the United States will act with the international community to resist these threats of the Iranian regime. Now, we've just heard Condoleezza Rice talk about working with other nations, and she specifically mentions Russia. The reality that Condoleezza Rice is evading is that Russia is actually a hostile country, hostile to the United States because of what it's doing to help Iran, and Russia is going to pretend to cooperate but undermine at every turn whatever the U.S. does in terms of sanctions and in terms of negotiation because Russia is supporting Iran. Secretary of Rice evades this issue. She does not address it head-on. She cannot. The politics of the American economy would not take such bad news that there was such a difficult problem with Russia. And so we do not speak honestly about it. Instead, we declare the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps and the Quds Force terrorist organizations, and we declare three Iranian banks financiers of terrorist organizations. How are we going to affect these organizations with the sanctions? Not hardly at all. We're mostly going to affect those in the countries that do cooperate with us who uh, have business ties with Iran. Obviously, as a process, the negotiations have failed and the sanctions are clearly going to fail. And you notice that Secretary Rice says that with our coalition partners, we will react against this threat. Now, we're many steps away from going to war with Iran. There's been a lot of these things where people see aircraft carriers deployed to the Gulf. Oh, no, we're going to bomb Iran in, in April. This was There was this big scare a year ago, uh, November and, and last April, that, that it was going to happen. President Bush is very weakened, weakened politically and at home. Uh, he's a lame duck president. He's going to be replaced. There's going to be an election in less than a year. And it's very difficult for him to take the country into an attack on Iran. Very difficult, not impossible. He can do it. But there's a massive pressure from the Republican Party for the president, of course, to consult Congress. And there's where the opposition to whatever he's going to do is going to be. And to consult allies, the French and the British especially. And those allies are going to be leery of acting too strong, except for Israel, that may also do something on their own. In the next coming months, it's going to get worse. The sanctions are going to be undermined by Russia. Uh, the president is going to be disappointed, and we're not going to make any progress. So we're going to be closer to war. We're going to be closer to friction, and more people are going to talk about war with Iran. You're going to hear about it. Now, uh, what my guest um, Assad Homiyun said is that war it is very easy to start, very expensive to continue, 
very difficult to end. Let's go over what war meant in Iraq and what it would mean in Iran. First of all, it's enormously expensive to wage war. Iran is about twice the size in terms of military power and population as Iraq. So a figure about twice the cost. This is hundreds of billions of dollars. Now, we don't just attack a country. Remember, we have to go in and establish order. Not to mention the fact that there aren't enough U.S. troops to maintain order in a country that size. Our army is just simply not big enough, if it could even leave Iraq to do so. Um, there is also the problem of the, where would the money come from to rebuild the country as we moved into it. This dictatorship has wrecked the country once over. Our invasion would wreck it a second time over. So, so this is a prohibitive cost at a time when the U.S. government is already horribly overdrawn in terms of, of what it's uh, doing in, in terms of finance. So it's not practical for financial reasons for the United States to attack Iran. Ergo, we're committed to the diplomatic process. So, so where is this all headed in the end? I think you have to see that as the Iranians get closer to actually having a bomb, having an actual nuclear manufacturing capability. And some intelligence services are telling us that it's less than two years. Others are saying it's several years away. If it is as close as within a couple of years, you will see the Israelis acting because the Israelis have promised that they will strike Iran if Iran is about to develop this capability. No matter what the U.S. does, this is what the Israelis are going to do. And if these bunkers are so deep and so difficult to reach, the question has to be, will the Israelis use some of their nuclear arsenal in a first strike? It is possible because the Israelis are talking about their national survival. They believe that the Iranians are crazy enough to use the weapons. Now, uh, this is a problem. This Iran problem is not going to go away. It's going to be with us for a while. Who profits? It is the Russians and the Chinese who profit at our discomfiture. If there is a crisis, if there is, uh, for example, more extended sanctions, Iran could retaliate by withholding oil from the world markets, which benefits who? Russia. We got oil already almost reaching $100 a barrel. Maybe by the time this broadcast is going, it'll be $100 a barrel. How high can the price of gasoline go in the U.S. economy? How much can Americans take in this, or Europeans or Japanese, if oil production globally is constricted by the amount of Iran's contribution. Iran is a very big oil-producing country. It's one of the larger ones. So this is a crisis that benefits Russia because as oil rises, it's the Russians who are pumping oil out of the ground at an enormous rate, selling it at these enormous prices, and using it to remilitarize and revitalize the Russian military machine. Let me finish by saying a few words directly to the Iranian people. We in the United States have no conflict with you. We want you to have every opportunity to develop and prosper in dignity, including the peaceful use of nuclear power. So we hope that your government will embrace the path of cooperation that we and the international community continue to offer. We have a problem with Iran. And it's interesting, when you listen to the Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice, where she said that Iranian banks are a threat to the global financial institution. I want you to think that the Russian and Chinese state banks that are behind Iran 
they must also be a threat to global financial institutions. In fact, with Russian financial entities buying up metals companies, buying up oil rigs and oil facilities, with the Chinese and their trade balance with the United States using it almost in a way to undermine the U.S. economy. I want you to think about these things because nuclear weapons in a way are being used here in Iran to divert the United States from what may be more an economic attack. First of all, by this problem with Iran, Iran is economically moved into the orbit of Russia and China. Second, it makes the Russians and Chinese financial institutions more important and more empowered. This is part of the strategy that Russia and China are following. The crisis in the Middle East is not just to be seen in its own, just in the Middle East. It's a crisis involving the real enemies, the main enemies of the United States. What is the power of Iran? It's very small compared to the power of Russia and China. China has hundreds of nuclear we weapons. Russia has thousands of nuclear weapons. So what if Iran developed dozens? We wouldn't be that much worse off. The real question is, what is going to come of all this in the future? And one thing is for sure that my guest, Assad Homiyun, is right. We must not be enemies with the Iranian people, we must be their friends. And I'm very glad that Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice stated that, that we don't have a problem with the Iranian people, that our problem is with the Iranian government. We know that in our attempt to negotiate with these people, these dictators, that the common denominator in our policy, as my guest says, is frustration. And my guest, Dr. Assad Homiyun, tells us that the Iranian people are the answer because the Iranian people... They like America, and they hate the clerics. And he says that the regime has 20% or less support, and a very small minority of clerics are really on its side. This is very important information that, that helps us to understand what we must do, who we must support in the Middle East. Well, I just hope that this has been informative. This program will stay in your mind when you think about these issues and uh, I want you to join me next week at this same time for another edition of the Jeff Nyquist program. Until then, be well. From the Jeff Nyquist studios on California's north coast and from our flagship broadcast facilities at WIBG 1020, Atlantic City Suburban Philadelphia's number one news talk station, you've been listening to the Jeff Nyquist radio show. We invite you to join us again next week at the same time. In the meantime, please visit Jeff's website at jrnyquist.com. Again, that's jrnyquist.com. Thank you for listening.